it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Have some patience. It's uh... <laughs> <But I'm... laughs> Jim dies a little inside. If you had a better opening video on your website. <laughs> From fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Pod Therapy. Real people, real problems, and real therapists. You can submit your questions anonymously at podtherapy.net or email us at podtherapyguys at gmail.com. It's Pod Therapy After Dark. After Dark. And we're giving advice like the Vegas Golden Knights power play over in two minutes with minimal effort. <laughs> and now, broadcasting from the churn, that guy is Dr. Jim Jobin. I'm Nick Tangeman. Uh, it's time for some Pod Therapy. That is a sex joke ready to go. I like my, my sex like I like the Golden the night's power play over in two minutes over in two minutes and nobody scores <laughs> nothing to show for it <laughs> nothing yep. to show for it yeah cold as ice sloppy puck handling oh there it is yeah <laughs> well we'll see because i that was the only sports bet i've ever bet in my life was that uh the vgk thanks would... jim yeah Man. i know i jinxed it right <laughs> i really me. hate that jim made that sports bet i know you think i did because it? part of me now is rooting against the Golden Knights. Yeah, because right? I know because we lose either way. Yeah, yeah. either Jim wins fourteen hundred bucks or you know I don't. And either way, I mean, I feel like just in my life, my li- I feel like my life is better now just if the Knights lose, <laughs> <laughs> just on an individual level. Yeah, like I'm rooting for our city to succeed. Yeah, but I don't know if I can stand watching Jim win that. Just much my day to day is better if they lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, yeah, from my perspective, out. if I can't make my life better, I want to make Jim's worse. Yeah. Yes. That, you that, know? Yeah. No, and that's, I feel like my life, appropriate. my life can't get better. So, <laughs> so I just keep phoning it gotta, in now. Just, I could just sabotage him. I just got to. <laughs> Should I retaliate against my former coworker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For going to the casino without me and placing a bet. If you'd like to hear Jacob do Dear Abby advice column uh, from this uh, week's issue of the Las Vegas Review Journal. New segment this week. Patreon.com yeah, slash therapy. It's probably not coming back, I'll be honest. Yeah. It was pretty good, I thought. Pretty confident <laughs> it would never be allowed to be printed. Pretty confident. I felt like it was good. It may violate sanctions. <laughs> pretty sure most of that was a war crime. Violate things said we- in Geneva. <laughs> you you will get to hear the jingle twice. Yeah, so yeah. Let's just good. say he sticks the landing twice and then takes his victory lap. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was deserved. I felt good about both. Very <laughs> solid. One of them, Abby and I, absolutely agreed on. So, yeah, yes. surprisingly. Like, like, yeah, almost point for point. Very we were just like weird. on the same page. Yeah, my answer was simply more colorful, and that says yes. a lot more about her than it does you. I'm gonna be honest, I was kind of thinking that yeah. too. I was like. 
Is, Abby is, is that doesn't make me look good. It just Jacob makes her look bad. Violent. Is Jacob really bright? Yeah, Abby. Or is have just we been expecting too much into his from... zone? She's like, you know yeah. what? If your answer sounds like what Jacob would say to people in profanity laced streams of rage, <laughs> maybe you should retire. It was almost like <laughs> Abby, dear, you're done. Like dear Abby was uh, Jacob's like translator. Yeah, like, there. Yeah, she's like, like his her, anger her translator, anger or, or translator. he's her anger yeah. translator. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably correct. Yeah. I'll bet you she'd kill somebody. Abby, I could see it. She's been yeah. repressing that rage to scream at all these writers for all these years. Do you think Abby's yeah. murdered people in the past? I mean, I'm not alleging it, but yeah. <laughs> Not saying it out loud. Well, don't don't sprain your neck there. Jim. See what I'm doing with my head? <laughs> Abby can't see it. Good for me. Obsessed with my ex girlfriend. Hello, pod therapist. Oh, I've got to get out of my. I've got to get out of my oh, yeah. zone from the, from the. Yeah, hold on. These are Abby. real people. Yeah, <laughs> we can't crush these souls. Oh like, my goodness. We gotta really help right. these idiots. Reel this it in. Fun. You're a professional. Yeah, yeah. Get, get back to being okay, a life okay. coach. This <laughs> is <laughs> stretching out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> these ones count. Hello, pod therapist. I almost instantly said something mean. Just uh, not yeah. a reflex. <laughs> Go to podtherapy. Uh, or what is it? Patreon.com slash therapy. You definitely want to hear it. Yeah. Hello, pod therapist. I am a relatively new listener. I started when I saw your AMA on Reddit a few weeks ago. And that shows you how old this letter is. So far, I'm really enjoying the perspective you all bring to mental health. Awesome. Thanks. I'm writing to you about my fixation slash obsession with my ex-girlfriend. She and I met when we were in high school and had an extremely loving and intimate relationship over the course of my junior or our junior and senior years. During the time we were dating, I was struggling with my parents' divorce. My mother kicked me out of her house a month subsequent to kicking my father out, and our relationship has been strained ever since. I was also forced by my father to work a very demanding and isolating construction job immediately upon graduating high school, pulling 60 hours a week until I went away to college several states away. My girlfriend and I tried to maintain our relationship long distance after I went to school, but from the get-go, it was extremely troubled. My mental health plummeted as my relationship with my girlfriend deteriorated. She began hanging out with a lot of older men and became distant. I grew suicidal from the combined stress of my failing relationship and adjusting to life in a new city surrounded entirely by strangers. I reached out to the Student Health Center for therapy, which proved to be much less than helpful, unfortunately. I then found out my girlfriend had cheated on me with an indeterminate number of people during my freshman year, and I broke up with her. I came back home and was forced again by my father to work in the same construction job. When I told him I was suicidal and that the job made it worse, his response was that I couldn't sit on my ass all summer. As part of coping with the continuing depression, anxiety, and stress, I got back together with my girlfriend for that summer until we broke it off when I moved back to school for the second time. This was all about five years ago. I've lived in a few different states over those years and am currently in a relationship. I've moved back to my hometown with my partner, but now find myself fixating on my ex-girlfriend more than ever. I get a rush of fear and adrenaline when I see a car that resembles hers. I get severe pangs of anxiety when I see her drive by or even see someone that vaguely resembles her. I find myself constantly thinking about her day in and day out. It's some mixture of pining away after her, reliving our relationship, and trying to understand what her life is like now. I feel like I can't stop looking at her social media feeds for fear that it would be like letting her go. Everyone I discuss it with, my current girlfriend, my family, etc., doesn't seem to appreciate the severity of my sadness. Everybody says that, quote, time will heal all wounds, 
but the sadness appears more severe now than when I first learned about her infidelity. I am deeply hopeful you guys have some insight into why I feel this way, ways I can healthily deal with these feelings, and perhaps things to bring up to my therapist to help us work toward a positive resolution. Very truly yours, Fern. All right, thanks for writing in. Yeah, that is an uh, interesting question. Thanks for being a a new listener. Yeah, welcome to the party. Glad that you're joining us. So, a couple things. This none of this uh, really sounds surprising or shocking. I mean, this seems pretty common. I think what happens a lot of times when you're going through some sort of a grieving process. Mm. So it could be in the situation like this, where it's the end of a relationship. Uh, it could be something like uh, the death of a family member. It could be you know losing something. You know, a sense of loss. There is a grieving process that you go through. And sometimes I think that grieving process can be interrupted when there's a change in circumstances, mm. right? So like you move, you move to a different town, you move states away. So all of these things are no longer present in your life. You don't get those constant reminders on a daily basis. So sometimes what feels like you working through it and resolving it mm. is actually just it being out of sight, out mm-hmm. of mind, right? And then now you've moved back. So now you've just, you're re-exposing yourself to all of these triggers. So anything that wasn't really fully resolved or dealt with, now it just comes back up to the surface. Mm. So it's not like it was resolved and passed and and we've moved past all of that. And then now it's resurfacing. It's just that it it was still there. We just weren't paying any attention to it. Yeah. And now you can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no escaping cars that look like her car right. or even seeing her the way it sounds. It sounds like you've even bumped into her a few mm-hmm. times. Um, so I think all of this kind of go. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're talking to somebody that you're in, in therapy. Yes. Because I think these are things that you would want to bring up with your therapist and kind of talk about how you're going to process these now. Mm-hmm. Since they weren't. It seems like they weren't really processed at the time. Yeah, yeah. I like that word processed. I think that's the biggest piece of this. And I think that, you know. Can I, can I use just, just real quick? Yeah. Um, and it, it just because I just, it, I thought of it and I love interrupting you. Yeah, no, um, I get it. Think of the. It's empowering, like, isn't it? It is. It feels good. Oh, this, yeah, is, this is what you feel. See? Yeah, I'm not a dick. I'm just <laughs> addicted. That's what this is. <laughs> um. But the the brain's kind of like a filing cabinet, right? Yes. Like, so it has to, when we're processing, we're putting it in a file. These papers were never put in a file. Exactly. They were just pushed off from the desk onto the floor. Yes. And then now they've come back up on top of the desk. So now we have to deal with them again. That's That's the best metaphor. I mean, that's really what this is. I've had patients over the years who have done very similar things, who have gone through really uh, challenging breakups. I think especially whenever the breakup itself doesn't have like the sense of closure to it. Right. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's falling apart. You're going through mental health crises at the time. So you don't feel like, you know, you're really collected. You don't feel like you have a lot of mental resilience. And so in that, that kind of low immune system state that you were living in, which I appreciate the background writer, you know, you told us how bad it was in high school and early college, how you went to the campus, uh, looking for help, which is a great idea, by the way, college students, even though this writer didn't have a good experience, it's a resource. It's something I'm glad that the writer did this. Um, but yeah, I appreciate that context writer. Cause what you're kind of teaching me is during the breakup with the original girlfriend, 
I had a very low psychic immune system. Um, I was already quite rattled. I was already barely hanging on. I was having challenges with my family back home. I was having uh, with, you know, this isolation effect of being in a different place. Um, I was just trying to make my life make sense. I was coming off the, the heels of the trauma of the end of my high school years, my mother kicking me out. Um, and so whenever that many bridges in your life burn, you do bond. It, and sometimes we use the phrase trauma bond um, to this one person, right? And so you probably put a few too many eggs in that one relationship basket at the time because you were young and that was probably a big part of how you were coping was this original girlfriend and who knows if that allowed the relationship to maybe stick around longer than it would have um, maybe it, it caused both of you to hold on to each other a little bit longer than you may have done so naturally and so the relationship comes to this catastrophic end and and I think that the correct way to describe that catastrophic end in my opinion is often the, the word trauma. And this goes back to Nick's point about the filing cabinet. Trauma, lowercase t, is, is basically anything that's beyond the brain's ability to language at the time that it's happening. If, if it exceeds your mental capacity at the time, it can kind of create this filing cabinet problem where now there's all this sloppy filing having to do with that person, the emotions, the, the memories, it's all a mess. And then it can cause you to feel, as Nick said, unprocessed, unresolved. So yeah, I, I want to just say that it's not strange. I realize that you know, we, we hear the word obsession, and we, you know, we pick up that it's a male writer talking about a female. A lot of people can say, oh my gosh, that's really scary to me, you know, and, and this is not to diminish things like stalkers and stuff like that. I think what the writer is saying is, hey, listen, I'm not violent. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I just, I feel feelings, and I'm getting help, but I'm looking for more support. And writer, that's the right thing. That's what we want you to do. And I think that the way that I would encourage you to steer toward your therapist is maybe to discuss this idea of, how maybe were these events traumatic to me? Um, what approach might we take as far as reprocessing these old memories, bringing myself to resolution? The therapist may use a number of interventions. Um, a trauma timeline might be utilized to kind of depict some of the relationship highs and lows that you guys had so you can kind of explore and talk about those. Um, you might also be writing a letter of closure, you know, that you will never send. Um, that says sort of these finality things that, that need to be said so that you can process it and get to a place where you feel a sense of closure. So this is not a this is not that strange. I think a lot of humans deal with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had patients that have endured a breakup, and a year later, we're really still talking about that breakup. And, and I've had patients that have told me, like, I was driving on the freeway, I could swear I saw their car, you know, I had this whole, like, experience because of it. I, I saw, you know, their, their friend at the grocery store, and, like, it really triggered me. And, and they might say, like, Jim, am I crazy? Like, am I some weirdo? No, human relationships are extremely psychologically affecting, mm -hmm. right? And, and you were in love, and you were going through crises, and this was your, your partner, your friend, your, your comforter, and, and it fell apart. So, yeah, I don't, I don't look on that with any kind of disdain. No, and nothing's wrong. Um, no. Nothing is unfixable. It just means that some stuff that you thought you'd filed away wasn't filed away. And we just got to file it away. That's right. And, and proximity matters. Right. Yes. Uh, proximity is very important. The closer that this is to you, the bigger of an impact it is on your day-to-day -day functioning in your life. And I like the the honesty to an extent. Um, you, you did passively mention, I talk about this with my current girlfriend. And yeah, you know, I, that might be one of those That's... things that I say, bring that to therapy. You know, like let, let's unpack the, the depth of that with your therapist. Sometimes we feel like, oh, well, I don't want to be dishonest with my current partner. I want to let them know that I'm struggling and fantasizing about my ex. And that's me just being accountable and keeping it honest. And 
okay, you know, a lot of times you don't need to do that. You sure. can just bring that to therapy <laughs> and maybe well, just also, let the therapist know. Yeah, and that's also a lot to put on her. Yeah. Too, you know? I mean, it's one thing to be able to say, I'm dealing with some stuff. You know, it has to do with some unprocessed feelings about my ex right. or unprocessed thoughts or unprocessed whatever about my past relationship. Yes. Dealing with that. Unless she really wants to be involved in that process. Yeah. Even then, I don't know about that. But I, I would be I would be very cautious of how much you put on her plate to yes. help out with that. I don't know that she has the tools to do that. Yeah. And I don't even know that she's appropriate to be the person that you're opening right. up to, reprocessing with, going down nostalgia with. Probably not fair for her. I think it's an interesting in burden. Position. Yeah, that's hard. Can we talk for a second about... I feel that I can't stop looking at her social media feeds for fear that it would be letting her go. Yeah, that I think is an important area to explore with the therapist. I could see you get into a place where you maybe even ceremonially block all that in I, therapy. I would actually block all that. Yeah. It, like, I would, I would hit the block soon. button and, and just immediately get out of that. Yeah. I, I, would, I would ask you to think about what is your end goal? What is it your, because if you're saying fear of letting her go, okay, so you don't want to let her go. So what is it that you do want? What right. is it that you're hoping to accomplish? What is it that you're holding on to with that? And let's think about what the best case scenario of, of doing that is. Yeah. Because honestly, it's, yeah, blocking an ex is, very therapeutic because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean in a way because it's like it's funny because when I went through my divorce mm-hmm. a good friend of mine as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when I was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Her relationship had just ended abruptly at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. And so we were close. We were going through the exact same thing. We were kind of supports for each other. And we kind of realized this very quickly where we were like, why are we torturing ourselves? Right. And that's exactly how we phrased it because when we phrased it that way, it made a lot more sense because that is exactly what we're doing. We are causing ourselves pain and anguish. Yeah. And for what reason? What's right. what's the old thing? You're, you're giving right. that person free rent in your head? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. something along those lines. Like, I'm, what? 
and, and, and like, you. and they're not getting any good out of it. No, right? <laughs> neither are you. Yeah. No. So I'm gonna check my. So stop it. I'm gonna check my ex's Facebook page for what? Something positive? Right. Right. What am I like gonna learn that's gonna be good? There, exactly. Yeah. There is zero chance that I'm going to leave that feeling good about anything that I've seen. You don't like. I'll anything. tell you. I I I still have you know friendly social media based relationships with two exes. Mm-hmm. At best, we are, you know, pleasant to each other on the rare occasions that we actually interact on social media. Right. But if it was hurting you, you would not keep that. No. Yeah. Because there are plenty of other relationships that don't exist on social media. Right. Or anywhere else. Or it's like, yeah, no. I I don't need this. Get rid of that. No. I I agree. I think that that... So I think one thing that we all have to recognize too is that you can you can um, age date the author I think pretty well because the the author says hey this was junior senior year it's been five years since um, and so I I mark the the author somewhere under twenty five and I think that that is a special age where I think a lot of people do find themselves quite isolated in their their early twenties looking back to their high school years with a lot of like nostalgia you know those are your relationships and I don't think it's it's like that far back that you wouldn't still consider like those people to be your friends you know maybe she's my good friend still and we're part of the same friend group and and we live in the same town so i can see where there might be occasion to still have that Mm -hmm. but i i do think that there needs to be a serious conversation with a therapist about is this how does this serve you tell us why this is helpful and is it time for us to maybe ceremonially sit down block that number block this on social Mm -hmm. media for everybody and And here's the other side of it too is you know, maybe one day in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. you guys will run across each other on social media or in life. Yeah. And you'll have a bit of a reconnection, and you will have had that time away mm-hmm. that will that will have allowed you to, to heal from this. Right. And if a, if a new friendly relationship develops at that time, great. Great. You but this isn't something this. that you have to hold on to with both hands just to prove a point or to, to hold on to something, uh, you know, in, in kind of that ceremonial way almost, it's not that important. No. Yeah. You're, you're not missing out on anything. No. By yeah. not knowing what she had for lunch on Instagram. Think about it this way. yourself. Out of the, how many people live on the planet? Seven billion? Eight Seven billion? or eight. Yeah. Eight billion, I think. Oh, billion? With a B? Yeah. Oh, I don't know it's more that. than a million. Yeah. Because yeah. there's about a billion people in China alone. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to so say let's say 1. seven 5. billion. Yeah. So out of the approximately seven billion people on the planet, you don't know what ap- approximately seven billion of them are doing. Yeah. On any given day. Right. Right. And you're f- adding one more to that <laughs> list. <laughs> That's isn't right. going to change your life at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and I look at it like this. I mean, if you look at it from an addictions perspective, in a sense, like this this person for a while was your coping mechanism. They got you through hard times. You had trauma at the time. Maybe you know. Again, just you know, bring it to your therapist. But like, okay. And I you can be nostalgic for that. Right. I don't want you sitting at a bar and not drinking and just staring at the bar. Like, you know, yeah. no, like you don't need to be staring at the it beers. Is. Like, get out. You heard it here first. Yeah. Jim it, wants you drinking. Yeah. I, okay. Is. Sitting at a bar <laughs> drinking heavily. That's how I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, though. Like, I've, I've had this experience with people who quit smoking weed but hold on to their bong. Right. Right. You don't you know. know. Why? Hold, yeah. <laughs> Why? You're just torturing yeah. yourself. Yeah, just That's like, like my dog died, but I still have their leash. Don't yeah. do that. But why? Yeah, yeah. You're just you're staring at this thing in this it's... longing way. It doesn't serve you. 
but that's by the way, I know you people are out there whose dog died and you still have their leash. Throw that leash away. Yeah, throw it away. Or tweet your hate at Audio Guy Jake. (laughs) (laughs) But but I I understand why people do it because it's the leash. No, 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 no. Like hold on to something. Oh, this writer is symbolically keeping the leash. Got it. Got it. I get why they do that. It makes perfect sense. It's because it's kind of like. Kind of like jumping into a lake or jumping into a really cold pool, you know, where you know, before you jump in, you know, this is going to be very unpleasant. It's going to hit me. It's going to be very uncomfortable. I'm not going to like it. So we try to ease into it. You cup your nuts. And you just try to step one step at a time. Right. And they're like, what Mm -hmm. are you doing? Like, that's... Just get it. That is the worst way to do it. You're you're making this much worse. Torturing yourself. Yeah. To to actually enter the pool that way. And I think all of it, including, including your pool reference there... I think all of it is trying to establish some kind of control over something that you don't have control over. Uh, yep. I think that's a big part of it. Good point. Yeah. Like but you're I trying to control the temperature of that pool. You yeah, can't. You can't. Yep. You're trying to you're trying to hold on to a last vestige of this relationship, but it's that gone. relationship is gone. Yeah. And and you're better and off. And it's okay to the it's sooner gone. you accept. Yeah. That. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. okay that the healthier. pool is cold. It's okay that the relationship is gone. Accept it. So I I love this yep. writer, you know, for somebody that, you know, had themselves uh, in a place once upon a time where they did feel suicidal. And for somebody that was dealing with depression and, and that was going through really difficult change in their life, I am so glad to, to see that you went for resources, that you went to your college oh, yeah. campus, mm-hmm. that today you're sitting with a therapist and you're working through this stuff. You know, now that you're a listener to this show, that we are always celebrating that. So I'm glad to hear that. And I, I have no doubt that you're going to successfully navigate this because you're working with a professional and you're, you're processing it in the healthiest ways you can. And remember, bring, bring a lot of that truth. Bring 90% of what you're going through to the professional. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't bring it to the girlfriend. Yeah. But, you know, and, and maybe consider the blocking, too. I think that's a big piece. Yeah. Keep us posted on this. I, I would love a follow-up. Later yeah. on down the road, see how this goes. Yeah, obviously. And send us, you know, the, the ex's contact information. We'll get her on the show. We'll talk about it. And I'm sure that won't affect you in any way whatsoever. <laughs> We're going to take Seems a short fine. break. It'll be fine. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to read a letter from a 40-year-old loner. You're listening to Pod Therapy. This week's episode is brought to you by Nathan's Hot Dog Scoop, Dr. Ben Don, Scott Jamison, and Richard Macy. If you'd like to sponsor a show, become a therapy producer at patreon.com slash therapy. Our trivia theme this this week is golf. Does it have to be? It does. Uh, pickle. Name a golfer currently playing. <laughs> here, this is E. Here we go. Name a golfer currently playing on the PGA Tour. Well, Jacob can do whoever it. whoever names the most wins. Tiger Woods. Hold on. No, Tiger Woods five he's times. Not, he's not currently playing. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> if you'd like to join the therapy producers and make the show possible, go to Patreon.com/therapy and sign up. That's Patreon.com/therapy. I'm already out. Do I I'm gonna to let one. I'm gonna let Jacob go first because I know he can do at least one. I just went first, and I can't I believe, I believe I'm not even gone. gonna count. Can that. it be spelling bee rules where you keep going until one of you breaks? No. Yeah, he goes, and okay. then you go, and then he goes. Can I copy his? Whoever answer? has the last one. Right. No, you can't copy my no. answer. Uh, Phil Mickelson. Okay. What? He's alive? Uh, he won the PGA Championship. Yeah. Damn. He's, he's yeah. a boss. Oh, yeah. my Just God. Old, old lefty yeah. is doing fine. Uh, so Tiger didn't count. That's not on there? No, he's injured. He's out. He's uh, he's done. Oh, God. Another you, golfer who's not hint, Phil Jim. Mickelson. Roger Federer. Uh, Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Final okay. answer. No. Dead. 
Yes. <laughs> All the good ones die but they, young. But they use his bones as clubs. <laughs> so he's playing in spirit. Yeah. Uh, isn't there a guy named... I got nothing. I, I, pff, Djokovic? McDuck. Yeah. Djokovic. Djokovic. I'll Djokovic. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just naming tennis players. <laughs> okay. I honestly can't do another one. I'm not kidding. This is not a joke, man. I have no idea who's on the PGA. Tiger was it. First, last, and always the only guy I can name uh, that even see. plays there's, there's the game Roy, of golf. There's uh, Roy McIlroy. Yep. Um, wow. Two of these guys? Jeez. I, nobody else Jordan, coming to mind immediately. Jordan Spieth. <laughs> no winning. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Spieth. I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Yes! Jordan Spieth. I'll give it to you. Yes! And the only reason I know that is because like years ago, like he beat Tiger. And that was like, oh my God, somebody beat Tiger. And that's the only reason I know another golfer's name. Roy McElroy showed up at a, uh, a family member of mine's wedding. Oh, wow. He was, he was friends with the groom. And uh, it was like... Six months before he broke on the PGA Tour. Oh, wow. awesome! But people were like, "Oh yeah, that guy. He, he's starting to play on the on the tour." And and we ended up chatting for a, a few minutes over over a drink, just sitting cool. at the bar. And uh, I was like, "Oh, this that's great, man!" And you know, in my mind, I'm like, "Oh, here's this guy who's gonna go. Like, he's obviously good. He he, he had already qualified for the tour." Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, here's a guy that I'll never hear about again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. Roy fucking McElroy. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. If you were in the presence of any professional golfer, who would it take for you to fanboy out and just be a mess? Like, who who would we have to walk into I'll the room for mess? you to lose it? Uh, definitely Tiger. Yeah. But Rory, I think, as well. That would Phil. Like Phil right, is Phil a legend. Nicholson, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There would be, I mean, a lot. There's Mine would be Michael Jordan. I should have guessed. He's Michael not a golfer, Jordan. but is he not? Oh, he's a good golfer. Yeah. He's a good golfer. Have you not seen Tour. Space Jam? He got a hole in one. I mean, it was assisted by the Looney Tunes. Let's but move on. Forty year old. When we start loner. talking about Looney Tunes, that's when that's a. Well, I'm sorry you don't know about golf. Dear Pod Therapy, <laughs> gotcha. Nailed it. Stay down, Tangerman. <laughs> Stay down. I am a recently. Oh, Top Golf. Hold on. Top Golf has a new game. Oh yeah. Oh. It is Angry Birds. No. Oh really? We went and played Top Golf oh, the other that's night. Such a great idea. And they have Angry Birds. It it displays like the Angry Birds structures up on the screen. Oh, that's so smart. In relation to where the targets are, so it, it like puts the target on the on the screen up there. And then it has the Angry Bird structure in and around that target. That's so and so you cool. hit the ball based on where the structure is uh, near to the to the real life target. Oh, and, what uh, and a you good try idea! To and you get three shots you to knock, knock down, down the whole structure. That's oh, that's so cool. cool! It's great. What a great idea! Yeah. Can you throw the what ball? What are we doing here? I would throw the ball. Yeah, I, the answer is yes. You could throw the ball. Yeah, that's the only chance in hell I'd have. So. Also, we need to do our once Can every ten years driving range. No, yards? well, no, 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 no. one hundred and fifty. Anything is no, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, doesn't doesn't it centimeters? No. Yeah, let me know when you want to go to the range. Dear Pod Therapy, I am recently turned forty year old man. I have uh, so many problems that I don't know where to begin. I've never dated in my life, nor have I ever had sex, kissed a woman, you name it. My regular social life has been equally lacking. I'm a fairly attractive guy and have kept myself in pretty good shape, but somewhere along the way, my development went off track. I got stunted, and I've had severe self-confidence issues and self-esteem problems ever since. I haven't even made a male friend since junior high, and I have one very close female friend of a little over 10 years who just moved away and is very busy with her family. I have no support system to speak of, 
and my family is more of a source of anxiety than support for me. If there's one thing I can say about myself, it's that I've learned to be totally self-reliant. Needless to say, I've had depression and anxiety problems, but you can't convince me they're just chemical imbalances in my brain. My depression is, I think, very much situational. How do I begin dating? How do I make friends? What am I supposed to say when asked about my exes, my dating life, my sexual experiences, my stories from college, and so on? My life has been so uneventful. I've never even been to a sports game or a party outside of my family get-togethers, and only been to two concerts. Weird, right? I certainly don't want to weave a web of lies about my past to come off as a normal person. That would be exhausting and make it impossible to feel truly close to people. But I cannot envision a scenario in which I reveal the utterly bizarre lack of life experience I've had, and it not come off as incredibly awkward and weird. This goes almost equally as much for getting to know guys as friends as it does for women. I have an immense fear of meeting up with people or going on a date with a woman and coming off as boring, quiet, and uninteresting. And I have the past experiences to validate it. I just feel as though I've missed out on my youth, the, quote, formative years, and it really, really messed me up. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to navigate these what-would-be-inevitable social situations I have immense anxiety about. I recently started therapy with a new therapist again, and she's getting into CBT with me, but it comes off mostly as just lying to myself. The thought of being as inexperienced as I am at the ripe age of 40 is horrifying, and the thought of yet another decade going by without anything changing again is nightmarish. I can't stop ruminating, uh, ruminating about the past, regrets, and missed experiences, and it sends me into a spiral of depression. I need help, so help. Anonymous. All right. First, uh, I take issue with the ripe old age of 40. Oh, yeah. I'm I was going to wonder if you I, I believe that, that, yeah, anything <laughs> about that. Yeah. Go on, fogies. Tell us all about it. Go on. Tell us about how it stung. <laughs> it did not sting at all. Oh, okay. okay. You seem awfully defensive I'm, for somebody I'm, not wounded. Go I'm, on. I'm 40 years old. Are I, you? I, Hold I'm on. A... Let me stand up to address this point. <laughs> all right. Get it all out. You're I'm gonna... almost up. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway there. <laughs> oh, my neck hurts. Your neck hurt? I didn't sleep good last night. I'm 40 years old. I'm in the best physical shape I think I've ever been in. We're all very impressed. I I am the most shorts. active. <laughs> They're very short. They are so short. Yeah. It's really a mankini, but go on. <laughs> Plump smugglers. <laughs> uh, They're not smuggling very well. <laughs> it's raisins. Wish they were better at smuggling. <laughs> you got a whole testicle. You're out. I'm, I'm very... I wince. I'm active. Yes. I go out. I do things. I've got... You know, friends that I associate with. I'm, I'm having like these are okay. the best years of All my right, life. Calm down. I'm right? sure the writer's very okay. impressed with you, Nick. <laughs> I'm just saying that 40, 40 doesn't mean. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Like, it's, it's not something that you should be upset about <laughs> turning 40 years old. That's what I'm saying. I think okay? you missed the point of I the letter. I would rather, no, I'll get to the point of the letter. <laughs> I'm okay. gonna address this first. First, first of all, forty is fine. Okay. You're doing, you're doing fine. Forty is fine. You're forty. Who the fuck cares? Forties, forties are great. I would rather be in my forties than my twenties. Oh, go on. I, I don't Faustian think I need to bargain. I don't think I don't think I need to. Yeah. Uh, my my yeah. Anyway, uh, what I wouldn't give to have my mind now in my in my twenties body though. Oh yeah, boy, that's that'd that's, just be great. I mean, yeah. This is the that's, most that's middle aged white wants. conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this is. <laughs> Yep. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to the dating thing. My back hurts. I wish I was 20 years younger. Uh, not not just the dating thing, the whole life experiences thing. Go. Yeah. Okay. Because boy, do I have shit I think, to say. I do too. I do too. I'm going to sit this First one out. First off, turn Jim's mic off. I think respectively, or re- respectfully, I think you're looking at this all wrong. Okay. I think you're looking at this of, look at all the stuff I've missed out on. Whereas I think, I, the way I would look at, at this is, excitement Mm. like i get all of these firsts yeah all of these amazing experiences and you're going to be dating at the time okay so these are good things because what you can do now when you date is you just do stuff you've wanted to do as the date all right i've never been to a sporting event great cool make that a date oh right like you can combine these things these might be a band that you've been wanting to go see for a long time Go no. see that band. Yeah, make it a date. Like okay. you've got all of these things that even if the date goes terrible, <laughs> you are At doing stuff you fun. Yeah, well, we've like, talked about that on Ice Cream Social many times, which is the best, the best like first date, first couple of dates even is find something that you really want to go do. And you just go do that on the first date because then worst case scenario, you've gone and done something that you really wanted to do. At least yes, you had fun. Exactly. Yeah. And I from from the woman's perspective or man's perspective, whoever you're dating, the other, the, the, date. the other person, yeah, yeah. from their perspective, I, I would feel excited about that. Yeah. Like if, if we're doing something that you've never done before, mm-hmm. like that's like, that that's kind of like, Oh, that, that this is cool. Is this fun. is, yeah, yeah, that would be neat. I, and I think most people would see that as a positive. Do you like the childlike wonder of the first yeah. experience? And, and also that's not a bad screening process as well for your potential date, which is like, I've always wanted to see an Aerosmith concert. Aerosmith is in town. Let's go see Aerosmith. I've always wanted to see them in concert. And they go, I hate Aerosmith. Yeah. Maybe that's not somebody to go on a date with. Yeah. Cool. Now you found out before you wasted time going on the date. Yeah. And I I, I think uh, some of your fear is 
uh, kind of ingrained in this belief that people are going to look at that as being a negative thing. I don't think so. I think a lot of people who you're going to be dating are going to be looking at that. And actually, these things are going to make you unique. Mm-hmm. They're not things that are going to be a detriment. I think people are going to see this as something interesting and something exciting. He's unsullied. And yeah. here's the bigger thing. Here's the bigger thing in my mind. You you said, and, and Nick and Jim have the email in front of me, and I, I do not. But you said something along the lines of, you regret not having those normal experiences. Yes. It, your life sounds perfectly normal. Yeah. People do different things in their lives. People yeah. have different experiences in their lives. You've had different experiences than I have had. That doesn't mean yeah. one of our lives is normal and one of them isn't. Right. That just means I've had my life and you've had your life. You're the person you are because of your experiences. And you, you sound like a, a nice, introspective person who is who's trying to better themselves. That's not a bad spot to start from, man. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good spot. You're you're doing the work now and you're and you're trying to make your life better for the next 40 years. That's a that's a good place to be mentally. That's a good place to be socially. Now all you need to do is just be okay with that, which so, I think is a good spot to start with your therapist. Exactly. That you, that you say you're, you're talking to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so so Jacob and I are excited for you. We see this as a great thing. So now let's kick it over to Jim so he can kick you in the crotch. Debbie yeah. Downer steps up to the plate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, no, I like that. I think you guys are encouraging. And and I agree. I, I don't want the writer to over-focus and believe that because you don't have – it, I do want to uh, agree with the writer. It's okay that you look at it and say, hey, these are questions that would come up, right? And, and like, if you sit down with somebody at 40 years old and they say, hi, you know, I'm a divorcee, like, I have a couple of kids, what's your history? And if your honest answer to that is, well, actually, this is the first date I've ever been on. Have you ever had that conversation with a person? Because I have not. Well, I'm, not, I'm saying that that's not, that's not unrealistic expectations of a conversation, right? I think they are. On a date, if somebody said, yes. so, tell me about your relationship history. And if your answer was, this is the first date I've ever been on. That that could reasonably happen. I'm not imagining a okay, unicorn so here, no. guys. That could really happen. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but, and, but that has to do with the thing that you are currently doing at that at that point. Yeah. If you say, what's the favorite, what's your favorite... Um, play that you've ever that you've ever seen right and you say like actually i've never seen a a live play sure sure yeah that's not that's that's not an insane answer i wouldn't say like holy shit you've never seen a live performance of a of a this this might be because i can see the letter and you can't but i mean the letter he says there's a lot of things i've never done and he lists a bunch he says i've never Mm -hmm. been to a concert i've never i've never done this or that and I've I've literally never had a, a, a partner a, a dating situation. I haven't even made so, a friend. So that that right. is going to come up. And it so will. I want to acknowledge what the writer's talking it about. It will as a, as a general rule. Yeah. Um. Because out of the three of us, I've most I've been in the dating world most recently. Have you? Jacob looks like he had a good night. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll just speak for myself. There you go. <laughs> there I'll you just go. Speak for myself. Um, <laughs> uh, generally, as a general rule, you, you don't talk about past relationships on a first date. Well, no, not on the first date. Um, yeah, this is probably something that may come up date two, date three, or something. You kind of start talking about stuff like that. Yeah. But it's probably going to come up sometime in the first. Uh, Yes. Little bit. Okay, so I all I'm doing so, so far, guys, I'm not shitting on this writer. I'm just saying, yes, I you're Jacob not crazy. and I are very protective of you guys this are writer. Very oh. sensitive. <laughs> Anonymous <laughs> is our buddy. Can we yeah. just acknowledge how sensitive <laughs> you guys are about this? 
<laughs> no, my my thought is, what do you I, have against forty year old Jim? Because, Jesus Christ, nothing. Because the writer also talked about not having uh, friends of the same sex and, yeah, and having yeah. trouble making friends with the, with people of the same sex. I can't think of a single casual friend that I have that we have ever been like. Let's talk about our past life experiences. Right. What are your past life experiences? Here are my past life experiences. Sure. It's it's not something that comes up casually. I agree with that. Uh, well, okay. So I, I think we can bracket into different Let's boxes. talk about two different things. Here. Yeah, let's talk about two different things. Okay. Your, your resume of life experiences and adventures, that is in column A. Your, I have not had sex before. I have never kissed somebody before. I have no sexual history. I have no relational history. And now I feel anxious about starting that now. Great. Fine. Yeah, let's talk about that. So that that question of how do I overcome my fears associated with that? You said that your therapist is working with CBT. Nick and I talk a lot about CBT because we, we really like cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy asks you to think a lot about meaning and, and the meaning that you're giving to things and the perspective that you're forming around things. And, and I really do want to challenge you a little bit because, sure, you know, there's – I think what you're going to share on a first date, let's imagine you're on a date or two with somebody and, and you actually ask the question of, like, how do I even get that far? You know, I'm 40. I've never been on a date. So I think you're asking a show of therapists, like, a genuine question of, like, hey, guys, how do you find a date? You know, like, I, I'm new to this. You know, and uh, yes, I'm 40, but I'm new to this and I'm sincerely asking a good question. And I do want to speak to that. But I don't want you to build it up so much in your head that, that you believe that somehow you're unqualified to go on dates. We've all had first dates. And yeah, perhaps for many it happened in their teens, some happened in their 20s, some happened in their 30s. Um, but you're not unqualified to be a part of it. You're a member of the human race. You're a member of our society. I'm, you, you obviously listen to podcasts and participate in the world. You are fully qualified you're to go interact. You're a human being. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can sit down with a human and, and talk to them about things. And yes, they'll, they'll probably find it interesting and say, oh, wow, you've, you've really never, you know, really dated anybody or, or been serious. And, and you might just say, yeah. some of it might be awkward. And it might be uh, a little bit, yeah. but dates well, are anyway. Cool. They're going to be anyway. Yeah. yeah, but let me tell you the other half of the story, writer, and I think this is what your therapist is going to bring up to you, because if you're doing CBT, you're talking about perspective. A lot more of us are scared to talk about our dating past on first dates. We would trade with you to have a clean slate than a lot of other people <laughs> that are walking in and saying, okay, I've been through some train wrecks. You know, I've had a lot of pain. I've, I've had a lot of bad encounters. I've had a lot of bad situations. I've been through a lot of heartbreak. Divorce those twice. are the dates that I went on today. <laughs> yeah, that was that was on the way from lunch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is my second day of the day. Right, Nick said it, you know, divorced twice. Like, there's a lot of people at 40 years old that have a lot of war stories that they would tell, and they're quite anxious to share that. And so when you say, man, I'm really bizarre, I'm really strange, I don't have a past. Actually, friend, you don't have a past. And, and honestly, that's not as bad as you think. In fact, many people would find that so refreshing. I think that some people would meet you and think, oh, my God, how lucky am I to, to meet somebody who's kind of just unsullied by, you know, the cynicism and sadness of tragedies of the world of dating and, and all the relationship madness. Like, I'm just meeting a pure soul who's just here and present and, and hasn't been destroyed by realities. That is a nice thing. Mm -hmm. So so anyway, that's just to say that CBT challenges you to think about it from all angles, and perhaps there is another angle to think about this on. But this question of, like, how do you make friends in your 40s? How do you make friends? How do you meet people to date? I mean, like, that's a really good question. I think the writer's sincerely saying, 
I've never really made friends. I've never really gone on dates. I'm, I'm 40, and now I don't naturally find the watering hole, right? When you're in your 20s, it's just you get calls from friends from high school. You show up at parties or whatever. You know, you're, if you're on a college campus, you meet friends at college. You go to groups. You, you sign up for activities. This is a question a lot of people ask in their, in their 30s and 40s and 50s. How do you meet people to form real friendships with? I mean, what do you guys? I mean, I'm not in my 40s, so I'm really not qualified to answer. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah, I'm so just the fuck stating up. a fact. I'm just stating a fact. I'm just saying that that's true. So, I mean, I obviously don't know. You're not mature enough. I'm to just be in not. Your 40s. Yeah, I don't have enough gray. I I would start <laughs> somewhere along the lines of finding social groups that share some of your interests, mm-hmm. and and I mean, um, like a, like official. Not official social groups, but like... like organized uh, groups. Organized groups. That's, yeah. that's the word. Meetup.com. A, a great place to oh, find cool. uh, organized mm-hmm. groups in your zip code. Type in your zip code. And it so will I'm, show you hiking groups, sports yeah, groups, I'm all thinking things like, if, yeah, if you, have a, if you have physical activities that you enjoy doing, cool. You can find other people who enjoy that same physical activity. If you have board games or video games, yeah. things like that that you enjoy. You, like if you play Dungeons & Dragons, for instance. Yeah. You you find you find groups online. You find groups that meet up in person. People that play Dungeons and Dragons. Right. I would join a cult. Naturally, that's step one. If if I were you, I would start this whole thing by just trying to expand that friend base. Yeah. I wouldn't put pressure on the romantic side no. of it. Yeah. Start with friends. I would say like, let me go out and let me start actively. Looking for people that share some of my interests, and just see where, just see how that goes. Yeah, find some of these people, hang out, hang out out. You know, you're you're gonna find some of these people that you uh, that you identify with. Yeah, and you're going to want to hang out, and that's going to occur naturally, and it's gonna be just nice and just surrounding interests. Don't worry about it, and just let it work. Just let it do its thing, and let those relationships develop in a in a natural way, and then I. My guess would be that the that the romantic side of things will start to happen naturally as well. As you show up in social groups, I think that's a big piece. And and you know, uh, to this fact that you're asking here, writer, you say I'm so anxious to like meet other male friends. This is actually something that doesn't get discussed a lot. Um, but I think that a lot of men do worry that you know, like they're they're somehow not man enough, whatever that is. You know, I don't I don't fit in with other guys. You know, all these guys were like, you know, this jocular ribbing over here, and I'm a little bit of an introvert, and I'm a little bit shy, and maybe I don't fit in with that crowd. That's fine. And and that's totally fine. And I think a lot of men get to this, this like, self-critical spiral where they don't have that confidence. And let me tell you, friend, that's not how it is. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, sometimes this, like, there's this stereotype of, like, guys busting balls and being tough on each other or whatever. But that's not true. I have all sorts of friends, you know, different types of men, and we have different types of relationships. You know, you have male friends that you cry with, male friends you just play video games with, male friends that are, you know, you geek out with and you go see the next Star Wars movie. Like, you know, that's totally fine. There's not any right way to be a man. And also, and some I think men, a lot of guys struggle with that. I, th- I think some men are hesitant to just say, like, hey, J- hey, Jim, hey, Nick, you guys want to go have a drink? Right. We've never gone and hung, like, Maybe you're a work friend or something like that, or right. a work a work uh, coworker uh, coworker. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just say, "Hey, we've never hung out socially. Want to go have a drink? Yeah. Want to go? Ha- Want to go have out? lunch? Want to go uh, right. watch a movie? Play a poker game? Whatever." But organized events are a mm-hmm. great loading zone. Going to meetup.com. Yeah. I joined a pool league at one point, 
and that was that was great. Like I didn't have any friends chlorine. in the league. Yeah, I, yeah, that's right. I talked about chlorine and how to just do the pH balance. It was yeah. very friendly. But that was great because then I was assigned to a team. I wasn't good. I came in and told them I'm not good. They said, that's okay, man. We'll, we'll teach you while we play. Yeah. And uh, you're a member of the team. Let's have fun. And that was great. Trivia leagues, I think, are a great way to just bump into people. Again, meetup.com is a great way. Looking at your local uh, county rec center and finding mm-hmm. out if they that the rec centers are hosting uh, indoor volleyball or something something light. You're not trying to go pro, and they'll usually divide it by level of difficulty and say, hey, this is a novice, amateur, for fun, softball league or something like that. Perhaps an adult class Yeah, in, in something oh, that you yeah. find interesting. Absolutely. You know, there's, that's yeah, that's one. a great one. Yeah, there's yeah. always so many things. So I think that finding friends is something a lot of us I struggle with. I joined a ukulele group. Did you, Okay, I want to say that's a lie. And then, as soon as I want to say that, I realize you're not lying. That that really happened. I I don't. I didn't 100%. doubt that for a moment. God, yeah. when did you join a ukulele group? Was, and how have you hidden this from this, me this long? <laughs> I didn't tell you. About I this? mean, the fact that Laura didn't text it and let me know for the oh, show. No, no, this I'm was, so disappointed. This was in all of this pre Laura. Oh, so this was back in the good old days. This was Laura has <laughs> thrown away the ukulele. <laughs> ah, so Laura she got actually away. picked it up the other she day. Destroyed she destroyed his she was dreams. Teach her, teach herself how to how to play it. And you just laughed at her. Yeah, I, you I did. fool. You've never I, been a part of a team. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, uh, so after the divorce, like, this is, you know, six, seven years ago, almost six, six years ago. I don't know. But uh, I uh, I went on to meet up, and I, I joined a hiking group. I joined a ukulele group. Uh, I joined an atheist group. Oh, yeah. Like I, I was like anything that was interesting. I was like, in. in I like this in, idea of meetup.com. Yeah. It's honestly yeah, it's, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And then so I just started meeting people. Um, and Facebook you know, and, groups too, or another yeah. one. And uh, yeah, one was a ukulele group, and we would get together, and there was like thirty of us. Talk ukes. Yeah. I, I believe it's pronounced <laughs> ukulele. It is. Uh, actually, that's okay though. Yeah, you know, I don't expect you to get it right. Your gringo tongue. So it's fine. Meetup.com. Yeah, Hawaiians don't call <laughs> white people gringos. Ukulele. They're howlies. Howlies. <laughs> actually, ah, is what they are. I think you're right. I wouldn't yeah. know I'm accepted among them, so they've never said this to you me. Were you're not, not accepted. You Have not. I not told you guys the story of how I became a made man in Hawaii? Have I not told? I've told you the story. No. It's story time. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have time for this? Oh, we've oh, always got time. Hey, your pickle. Pickle. You, yeah, no! <laughs> you still have pickle. Pickle. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I believe we have another ad to get to. Damn it. <laughs> Tune in for another Patreon to hear about how I was embraced by the Hawaiian mafia for my heroics. Uh, anonymous, though. Do, yeah, I mean, check, check those things out. Uh, try, don't, don't judge yourself. Try to not put pressure on yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I and I know that's a hard thing to do because as soon as you get in your head about anything, and and I'm speaking from experience, as soon as you get in your head about anything, it's tough to get out. It's it tough is. to get out of that space. Try to just go experience the 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 life. Try to try to just go, you know, if you if you go to a ukulele group, first of all, try not to make fun of them. Yeah. And, <laughs> try. Uh, try. I mean, that, that's going to be hard. <laughs> it uh, is hard. Uh, but you know. Go and and just try to be open to having the experience and not putting an expectation on it. Yeah, and don't be so self-conscious, man. Nobody's judging you. There's no, like, right way to be a man. We're not sitting around comparing resumes. And you know what else? Speaking of which, one of the things that I have found amazing, and, and honestly, this is sincerely true, podcast communities have honestly become my favorite groups of people. Like, 
the Therapods, the people that surround our podcast, which is adjacent to you know the the larger circle of Ice Cream Social. These are honestly my favorite people. Like, yeah. even though we're talking, like, I do everything with those people. Like, I, I go diet with those people. Like, they're all coming to Las Vegas. I can't wait to see all these people and hang out with them and get beer and get sushi. We joke on social media and give each other a hard time. Like, and I actually know who they are. Like, the other day, like, I was just reading something. I just randomly asked Manu a question about Brazilian tally marks. And she was like, yeah, this is how it works. Like, great. These are my friends, like, all over the world. So you are already in a friendship circle just by writing into the Mm -hmm. show, man. Like, you are not friendless. You're part of our community. And that's how simple what we're talking about is. I mean, what we're talking about is finding people who share interests with you. Yes. You have have a group of people right here that share interests with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their their interests are mental health. Yeah. You have the same interests. There you go. There's, That's it. There's step one. Done. Jump yeah. into patreon.com slash therapy for a buck. I'm not trying to get your buck. I don't really care. But just use your dollar. Get in the stupid door. Comment on this episode and say, hey, everybody, it's me, the 40-year-old writer person. And yeah. we'll all say, hey, Gramps, glad you figured out how to use the internet at your advanced age. Fuck you. And <laughs> welcome to the party. And, dude, we'll be your friends. And so I'll like, tell you right show now. Show up. Hey, here, here's, here's my guarantee to you that uh, I have no business making and I'm making it anyway. Do it. <laughs> Throw your buck in, join Patreon, and if in at the end of the month, if you are, are not happy with your interactions <laughs> with those people, Nick and Jim will refund your dollar. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. We can't be making that kind of a promise. I got student loan payments. <laughs> We're going to go broke. We're not quality <laughs> guaranteeing pot therapy. This is therapy. not a blanket offer. This is an offer to this person. <laughs> One guy. This is, All right. This is a $1 guarantee. Who's, Up to and including a buck. Who, who is anonymous? Who is right, anonymous? Right. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, Smitty's Ever, like, yeah. hey, guys, I really need to get that money back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're locked in, Smitty. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Great question, man. But, hey, don't overthink it. Join the party with us and, and with other podcasts that you listen to. You're part of communities, man. And online relationships are as every bit as legitimate as, as your neighbor across yes. the street. In fact, a lot of times more so. We're honestly more honest and kind. And whatever city you live in, I can just about guarantee you. That's how it is. There is an online community there that facilitates an actual physical community. There yes. An actual community of people that meet up somewhere else. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, go in there, do a little bit of legwork there, yeah. and I bet you won't regret it. Yeah. Yep. You'll make friends. You seem like a class act. So just lean in, man, and talk to us. Let's let's keep the conversation going, okay? Don't isolate. You have so. questionable uh, taste in podcasts, but other yeah. than that, you seem fine. <laughs> I, I hang out with mostly 40-somethings, seeing as how these are the only two other humans I even see. So apparently yeah. I like to hang out with the oldies. Mm. When we come back, we're going to be uh, asking a question or answering a question about psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I can outrun him. Nah, probably not. (laughs) Doubt it. (laughs) I don't think I can. I'm pretty sure. I don't think you can outrun either of us. (laughs) I think I could. (laughs) I think if I had a bike, I don't think I'd get away. I think if you made it to your car, we could still catch you. I think that's true. (laughs) Ah, whatever. I'm only five Uh. years under. Okay, when we come back, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are answering a question about the age-old debate of psychology masters versus social work. Dun, 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 dun. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Nathan's Hot Dog Scoop, Dr. Ben Dawn, Scott Jamison, and Richard Macy. Would you like to sponsor a show? Become a therapist producer at patreon.com slash therapy where you can ask for a video of jim trying to outrun nick and i <laughs> that's a high patreon level make me run Art, yeah <laughs> i don't think people can afford it yeah i might do it for jake and judy i feel like they're vested yeah they've earned it jake and judy yeah i do it for jake. definitely <laughs> here's our next question one under par is a birdie, two under par is an eagle, oh, Christ, I don't three know under par is an albatross. What? What is four under par called? That's not a thing. Here are your choices. It's multiple choice. Oh, thank God. A, a condor, B, a turkey, C, a phoenix, or D, an ostrich. Oh, my God. Would you like to join the therapy producers and make the show possible? Go to patreon.com slash therapy and sign up. Again, Everything inside of me. slash therapy. Everything inside of me is saying it's turkey. I've heard that. That's a thing. But I thought it was three. You said it's four? Uh, that's because a yes. turkey is three strikes in a roll in bowling. I'd like to change my answer. I would like to go with. I don't. I, I'm not saying it's not a golf term, I but it is like a bowling term. If it's term. spoken for, I don't think that's it. Then okay. uh, I'm gonna yeah, go. If, it, if it's used in another sport, there's no way I would include it in this trivia. Now, I right? feel like condor was, is there yeah. to catch my attention because it's just like, oh, condor is impressive. It's probably a condor, but then I feel like it's probably gonna be something goofy like an ostrich. So it's turkey, ostrich, condor, and phoenix. Oh, phoenix isn't real. This isn't Harry Potter. Fuck that. <laughs> it's a city. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> I'm going ostrich. Final answer. Okay. I thought before you listed off the uh, the the possible answers that it was an owl. Ooh. Are you still going to go with owl even though I didn't give it as a... <laughs> Just do it. I kind of want to. Just do it. That's how I play poker. I'm all in. Sir, you folded on the flop. I'm all in. You folded two hands ago. I, too, like to play dangerously. <laughs> Mr. Bond. So I want to go ostrich. How do you get an Uno card? Because it's the same, it's the same first letter, so I want to go ostrich. But Jim already took ostrich. Okay. So I'll go Phoenix. You're both wrong. Oh, was it condor? Is it turkey? It is a condor. Uh, is it condor? No. That would have been my fourth. That would have been my number four guess. Really? Here's the thing. Yeah, I thought it was. Out of those four, only one of them is not associated with golf, which is turkey. Yeah. It's bowling. Phoenix and ostrich are both terms for sports. So a condor has only happened four times in recorded history. <laughs> wow. Jeez. But that has it has to be on a par six or higher. Uh, if it's if four, four under, under you par. could, or otherwise it's hole in one. Hole you guys one, are ruling out right? time travel, right? Hole in one. Because I'm not. Uh, an ostrich is five under par. A phoenix is six under par. What the hell even is that? And they're never actually, they, there's, they no, be done. there's no recorded record of either of them ever happening. Does that mean so you, you have like a 500 yard hole? It yes. would mean you'd yeah. have to like hole in one, hole nine while you're teeing off from hole eight. Right. No, that's not at all. No, that's not. Is that not how golf works? No, <laughs> no, never. <laughs> if that's we say yes, play. can we move on? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, it's these kind of rigid lines that I. The reason I don't like golf. Okay, there's no room for innovators. It's just young blood like me coming in, putting the game on its head, shooting on nine when you're on eight. That's how you win. 
Psychology versus Masters of Social Work. We have 10 more minutes. Ding, ding. <laughs> Good day, gents. I'm a new listener. After re- uh, reading oh, the shit, we do. Reddit AMA and binging a dozen episodes so far, thank you for the insightful content and responses and for the humor. My question is, I am seriously considering a career change into therapy. My undergrad is in commerce with several courses taken in psychology and sociology. My career has included working with people experiencing homelessness, addictions, and mental health challenges, including PTSD. This woke me up to a passion for understanding trauma and wanting to help others recover, but I'm trying to narrow down which focus my master's should be. I do enjoy psychology and may continue or on in a research capacity at some point. I also prefer a more holistic approach to health, looking at mental health as well as physical, social, economic, and spiritual health, which social work seems to better capture. What advice do you have for someone looking at psychology versus masters of social work slash clinical social worker? Thanks in advance, and please keep the shows coming. Sincerely, KJ in Alberta. Hey, KJ. KJ. So he's in Canada, so you got to point that out. I could tell whenever he said humor, it had a U in it. Yes. Also, KJ's in my diet bed, and he's crushing. We've only got nine minutes of studio time left. Do it. Good news, this will only take 30 seconds. (laughs) Masters of social work. It's the same answer. We have it's do the masters of social work. There's a very clean reason for this because the system is rigged by the millionaires and billionaires in the social work class. Now you could do psychology if it's something specific that you're really interested in, like industrial organizational psychology or some kind of applied psychology like that. But mostly psychology is going to be research based. If you plan on doing any kind of therapy, your masters in social work is going to be much better for you, at least in the States. In the States. Uh, because once you have that license, you can pretty much go anywhere. Yeah. And what you can do within that license is very broad. Yes. It covers everything. It's the larger scope in the yes. States. And, and I don't know how it is in Canada. I actually looked into getting licensed in Canada when I was considering fleeing there as a refugee in 2016. And uh, I believe they don't have, like, licensing boards at the state level. They have – it's similar to England where there's, like, a national examination. Yeah, well, so they don't I have think states, so – They sense. don't? Yes, they, they do. Provinces. They have provinces. Shut up. I believe they're called ostriches. You got to get the – the par and we want to thank everybody especially our patrons for the show welcome uh, to our newest therapal actually you do the therapal i'll do the therapods casey jackson Woo! welcome I'm sorry miss jackson new therapods are all therapods well oh new new one hey dr scoop little joined the party and uh thanks to all of our therapods who we always acknowledge once a month thank you Corey owens linda brandmeyer dan martin stacy coleman stacy westerlin ian whitefall Shayla Bullock, Lori Eltsroth, Scoop Stranot, Kate Keller, Jeffrey Ackerman, Scoopaholic, Brad Kefauver, Gavin Bristow, Craig Little, Tracy Replogle, a.k.a. my mom, Brooks Lyle, Curtis Kiwifruit, Scoop Hanlon, Carrie Terhark, a.k.a. Nick's sister, Joseph Pangrazio, Richard Bruin, Scoopatron, Don Dorr, Scoopy Scoopy, Jess Jess, Chelsea Saracen, Oki Scoop, James K., Katie Chiwakowski, Jim Hunter, Adam Rabisnik, Matthew Nayer, Elliot H., Lamb, Todd Canfield, David Sorensen, Felicia Butler, Chelsea Lamb, Lauren Izzo in the Hizzo Take It Eevee podcast, I Have the Neck, Matt's Lenegrin, Adam Petanuzo, Heather, Rocco, Jessica Cyphers, Lauren Dotson, Ian Soto, That Josh Guy, Lauren, Nate McLaughlin, Charlie Quinn Starling, Levante Baggy, Kerna Piller, and the newest, Dr. Scoop Little. And we have a new third actyl, Chris. Okay. 
fly, you magnificent bastard. Welcome, Chris. And thanks to all of our Therodactyls like Robert Paulson, Brian Lehman, Scott Brady, Tess Miller, Ice Blue Scoop, David Pollock, Frozen Cusser, Fred Bashara Jr., Lindsay Bashara, Andrea Anderson, Angie Ellis, Slurpy Kaye, motherfucker, Ryan Stewart, Scott Ashlock, Robert Ward, Tori Snyder, Sapphire, Samantha Teague, and Chris. And we especially want to thank our bosses, the Saccharin 16, the Mysterious and Trotter Luna, Illuminati Nailed members of the fan club, the Thera Producers, thank you, Smitty Scoop, Smitty. Jake Snyder, Jake. Robert Brownie Jr., Bent, Kayla Lansbury, Ellie O'Dare, Ellie. Judy Schneider, Judy. Nathan's Hot Dog Nathan. Scoop, King of Student Loan Debt, Dr. Ben, Don, Crazy, Manana Scoop, Manana. Mason Miller, Mason. Scott Jameson, Scott. Carolyn Albert, Carolyn. Leon Kassab, Leo. Kevin Chamberlain, Kevin. Malaya, Malaya, Richard Macy, Richard. Ezekiel Lawrence, Ezekiel. Polygon, Polygon and Cindy Ash. Polygon. Oh, if you'd like to hear this episode uncut and unedited. And why wouldn't you? And enjoy our spontaneous side projects, you should go to patreon.com slash therapy and thank you for supporting mental health. That's all the time that we've got for this week's session of Pod Therapy After Dark. We want to thank our landlords, the Ice Cream Social Podcast, and thanks to those of you who contributed to our show today. We really appreciate it. Remember, pod therapy isn't something you should keep all to yourself. Share this episode with someone who needs it by opening the episode's description in your podcast app and copying and pasting the link we provided into your social media. Don't forget, you can find us at facebook.com slash podtherapy, on Twitter at podtherapyguys, and at patreon.com slash therapy. Do you want to submit a question to the show? Ask anonymously at podtherapy.net or email us at podtherapyguys at gmail.com. I'm Nick Tangeman. I'm Jim Jobin. Thanks, and we'll see you for your appointment next week. I'm a made man in the Aloha State. Uh, I wish we had more time to hear the story. You, it's a thing. Saved lives, Tangeman. Are we Bye, back on everybody. Patreon now? Huh? We're back on Patreon now? Yes. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.